This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the Inner Source Healing Podcast, the program about healing from toxic abuse. My name is Deborah Ashway. I'm a mental health therapist and a licensed clinical addiction specialist, but I also have been where you are now and have experienced the devastating effects of toxic abuse. It has been a long journey through the path of healing, but when we finally awaken from the trance that we so easily fall into around toxic people, life can be absolutely amazing. It's like you can finally breathe, live, and experience life in full, vivid, extraordinary color. I want to help people get there by healing from dependency, codependency, trauma, and abuse. The healing process brings us through long-standing perceptions that have held us back from experiencing a more fulfilling and meaningful life. After being involved with a narcissist, it takes some healing to get back to the feeling of who we were before the relationship or before the damage to our psyche. A person with low empathy and a weak ego relies on external sources to feed their sense of self. They drain those around them by depleting them of their own source of life and their own sense of who they are. Narcissists get their supply from those who are connected to that source energy empathy, vitality, and love. They gradually alter the thinking or belief system of an individual so that they can control them and get their supply, which feels to the victim like the life force is being sucked out of them. They end up wondering what happened to themselves. They used to be so independent, more vivacious, more outgoing. They used to be creative, passionate, or even enjoy things more before the relationship. The journey back to the soul is the most difficult because it is painful, but it is the single most important part of the healing process. It is painful because it requires us to feel the feelings that the protective part of the brain has been hiding and locking away from our conscious mind in order to protect us from the pain of mistreatment and abuse. This episode offers guidance on returning to your true self. We need to be true to ourselves and allow the essence of our soul to be fully experienced and expressed in order to live the life that we were meant to live. Stay present with your feelings, with your feelings, with your experiences, and with your truth. Stay in the moment. Staying in the moment is vital. When you begin to come out from under the spell of being controlled by a narcissist, you will also find a lot of buried feelings, which a lot of them will be very unpleasant and extremely uncomfortable. The protective part of your brain will not want you to feel these because they are so painful. The protective part of you has buried these painful feelings in your body somewhere to keep them safely locked away from you having to feel them. There will be feelings of rejection, self-doubt, guilt, 
shame, jealousy, and loneliness. Besides the anticipation of these feelings, this is the most difficult part right here, is staying with these horrible feelings and emotions. But the more you allow these negative, uncomfortable emotions to emerge, the more the protective part of the brain begins to trust that you actually do have the capacity to feel them, to let them flow through you. That protective part begins to allow more and more of the stuffed negative energy to surface and move through you and then ultimately be released. It's not going to be released without moving through you. You cannot heal this pain without feeling it. This is a really important part of the healing process. And like I keep saying, it's the most difficult. But just keep in mind and trust me when I tell you that the anticipation is always worse than actually feeling it. As these feelings are processed and released, the way is then cleared so that true essence of your soul can come through. Your heart will feel softer, the light energy of your soul will open up, and you will begin to experience feelings of gratitude, joy, spiritual growth, humor, peace, calmness, acceptance, and a sense of wonder and connection with other like energy. To stay present with the difficult feelings is also tricky because the protective part of your brain has conditionally and systematically been removing them from you and locking them away in your body. Emotions are energy. So the energy gets stored somewhere. You can start bringing the negative emotions to your awareness by paying attention to your body. Where is the tension? What hurts? Focus in on that. Since emotions are an energy and our brains have no way to interpret energy, really, other than our five sensory inputs, it helps to assign some identifiers to it so that the brain can recognize it. Give it a color. Give it a sight, taste, sound, smell, touch, texture. We build an understanding of our world through our five senses. We need our brain to be able to have something to recognize so that we can begin to manage some of this energy. Assign characteristics to the discomfort using qualifiers from one or more of the senses. So for example, where do you feel anxiety? If it were a color, what color would it be? If it had a shape, what shape would that be? What texture does it have? What type of substance is it? Is it solid? Is it grainy? Is it gel? Liquid? Gas? Sand? I don't know. What sort of sound would it make? What is the weight of it? How about the temperature? What Would it have a smell? Give it anything that your brain can recognize and understand. And then sit with that for a while. Just sit with it. Really feel it in that visualization form. Breathe it in and exhale it out. Imagine it moving through your whole body. You can do this because underneath all that energy is the soul energy, that healing energy of light and love. And that's the energy that we're all born with. Bring that through as well. This might be hard to do at first, but don't give up. Whatever your belief system is, 
ask your higher power, whatever that is for you, for assistance in this process. And know that these feelings, whether they're painful or good, feelings come and go in waves. So if it's painful, just ride it out. Write it out as if each wave of pain sweeps you up, moves over you, moves through you, and then it recedes and returns you to a state of tranquility. But write it out. You can do this. Notice self-blame. After spending time with a person that is toxic or that has toxic or narcissistic behaviors, we begin to internalize their words. The ego of a person with cluster B personality traits is always protected, even from themselves. So that means that nothing can be their fault. And if nothing can be their fault, then everything has to be somebody else's fault. So if you're in a toxic relationship, you are frequently the target of their blame because of the confusion, the gaslighting, the trauma bonding, and all the other manipulative tactics used that can be extremely well disguised. We begin to question if the narcissist is right about us at least some of the time. Our subconscious begins to adapt these beliefs at a deep emotional level. The emotions are released because of conditioning. It becomes automatic. Anytime something doesn't go our way, the emotions begin activating the signals that something is wrong, and along with this comes a flood of adapted negative cognitions. And they're usually along the lines of, I'm not good enough, I'm not lovable, I have no value, I don't belong. The cognitions are limitless, but if you trace it down, it'll be something negative about yourself. So this will further be examined in other episodes, but I wanted to give you some basic techniques to begin to rewire that negative thinking that generates nothing but negative energy, which further only depletes your energy levels. So number one, widen your focus to include all parties. For example, when a relationship turns cold, notice how much you're blaming yourself. Give your attention to the things that you might be telling yourself. Are you taking all the blame and all the responsibility for a relationship gone bad? If so, expand your thinking a little. Include the others that are involved. What were their needs? What were their expectations? Did they ever make demands? How much control did they have in the relationship versus how much control you had? Who made the majority of the decisions? Look for imbalances and start there. Two, self-compassion is critical. You are a human being just as much as any other human being who deserves the same basic human rights. You deserve to be loved and cared for no matter what you might think right now. You know all that love and compassion you have for other people and even animals. Shine some of that back onto yourself. In fact, think of your pets. Your dog or your cat doesn't need you to prove yourself or accomplish anything or to not make any mistakes in order to deserve their love. They just love you the same way you probably already love them. You can probably think of at least one person who has made mistakes or maybe even slighted you in some way, but yet you still have compassion for them. You deserve that compassion too. Number three, identify and give a name to the self-critic. An exercise that I do with my younger clients is called Pollyanna Perfect. 
It applies to all of us though. We all have self-critics. Some of our self-critics are more demanding than others, and some are to the point of perfectionists. They're always demanding perfection and more and more until we're worn out. But in this exercise, I have my clients create a character out of their own self-critic that represents their personal critic in some way, always standing in judgment over them, and they draw what they think he or she would look like, they give it a name, and they begin having conversations with it. Once you have identified and named and given a voice to your inner critic, you can disagree with it. When it starts in on how lazy you are, how worthless you are, or how unlovable you are, speak to it, even if it feels like you're lying at first. Become stronger. Practice standing up to it. Let it know that it's not the only voice or opinion. Number four, question everything. After a while, we get in the habit of accepting what the narcissist says as fact. We think it's set in stone because it's just easier than dealing with the negative consequences of having your own opinions or your own beliefs. We become conditioned this way to not think for ourselves. No matter what you're told or what they say, start to question it. Even your own automatic thoughts need to be brought out and put under the spotlight for examination. Are these beliefs set in stone? And if so, why and how? Remember, anything is possible, even opening up to new beliefs. Finally, lead, don't follow. Take control, stay present, become the leader of your own mind. This piggybacks off of questioning everything. Stop taking others' words, thoughts, beliefs for granted. Don't be afraid to think differently. Sometimes when we're in toxic relationships, having our own thoughts, our own individuality can be dangerous because the last thing a narcissist wants is for you to have independence. When your thoughts or opinions differ from theirs, that causes them to have to examine their own beliefs, which they definitely don't want to do. It takes away some of their influence over you. So if you find yourself waiting for someone to guide the conversation or decide what to do or how to think or offer their opinion before offering your own, just take notice of that. Pay attention to how much you do that. You change that around, at least in your mind. Decide what you want to talk about, what you want to do, and what your own opinions are. These are some of the starter techniques for raising your energy level and stopping the drain on your energy by toxic people who live off of the supply of others. They need your power. Remember, they want your power, your attention, your admiration, and they want to control you. It's time to take it back and time to get back to your true self. Thank you for listening to the Inner Source Healing Podcast. Remember, it is important to give yourself the compassion that you deserve. And remember that your feelings matter. If you want more information or want to contact me, please visit my website at www.innersourcetherapy.com.